Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Boom, and we are on. What's up, everybody? It's your coach. Today, April. Uh, April. Today, August. August feels like April to me. August 27th. The Coach HP Show. Off of great success. Every time you go on somebody's platform that has a major following and you get to say your story, you get to talk about things that have you winning, things of reasons why you lost. I think that's that's key. So coming off my appearance of the token CEO of the Barstool Sports Podcast with Eric and Ardini. Such a great experience. So grateful to be part of that whole thing moving forward when something good happens the best way to to keep that high of some good happen is just to keep going so we're going to do that we're just going to keep going a lot of stuff going on in the country right now sports teams boycotting last night's games there's rumors that they're going to boycott today's game a lot of people are arguing different sides the sides that are pro are pro the attention to get people's attention so that i believe the law enforcement in wisconsin does something about what happened the other side is saying telling the players to just play so it's a it's a mix it's a mix of two emotions a lot of people ask me what i think I think, A, we got to stop killing people. You got to stop killing people when when you can avoid killing people. And it just so happens that the majority of people that are being killed are, are minorities, predominantly black minorities, but it's happening to Hispanic minorities also. That's number one. But number two, we got to start educating people. We got to start ed- educating men. Young men, that when you deal with the police, you got to stop and you got to listen to what they're saying. You can't fight the police. You can't not listen. You can't do things that they're going to think is a threat, whether it's a threat or not. Don't give them an opportunity to do something that's going to put you in a really, really, really bad situation. Let's learn our rights. Let's learn that, okay, we, we maybe we're in a situation we shouldn't have been, but let's live to live another day. Let's not do something crazy. It's going to cost us our life. It's going to cost us to be paralyzed. It's going to cost us something that that we didn't deserve. So two sides. A, cops got to stop killing people. There's that unnecessary. so unnecessary. There's other ways to apprehend, to put people to, to stop. That, that isn't killing, paralyzing somebody especially when there's multiple cops and one individual that's, you don't want to, you don't want to listen to me. Cool. 
I'm going to take you down. I'm going to handcuff you. Then now there's a process to that. But death can't be the answer to that. And then B, man, when the cops stop us for whatever reason, got to listen to them. Try your best to sit there, listen, call an attorney after, call a friend, call a parent, call somebody. Don't take matters into your own hand. Please just relax, live to live another day. All right, talking about that in today's episode, we have we have Danny. Danny's story is really interesting. Danny started Columbus Kid, graduated, and he's very famously known for the Blue Mission. And he started that really young. Blue Mission is a group that Danny started that goes to the Dominican Republic and in places that they don't have water. Let's put it simple. They don't have water. He goes with a group of volunteers, usually from South Florida, but now I think from all over the country, that they help build a system that allows villages that usually don't get fresh water to receive fresh water. And this has grown to the point that he now lives half the time in the Dominican Republic and the other half here in South Florida. So with everything going on, I figured right now would be the greatest time, the greatest moment to drop this podcast of a dude that's putting the cause first. He put pen to paper and he put a very successful system that helps young men and women volunteer and help people that need help and we all need fresh water so without further delay in this episode of the coach hp show we got danny rodriguez from blue mission let's go just be thankful For what you got Though you may not drive A great big Cadillac Diamond in the back Sunroof top Digging the scene With a gangster link Gangster white wall And we're live Little little technical difficulties here But we, we're making it happen, dude We're making it happen Danny, one of the First of all, bro I can't thank you enough for reaching out, man. Love the the message you sent me. I had no idea you existed, but a lot of people know not only you existed, but your cause. So we're going to get into that. Before sure. we talk about that, one of the things in the message you sent me, bro, that was that I felt or feel it was super important was what you said about people not following through, people selling you out, people, whatever, right? Why did that resonate with you? I know why it does with me, but why, why did that, why did that, why did you feel that so much? I felt it because it's something that before you experience that or before you understand what that's like, uh, it's hard to, to grasp it or to, to understand why uh, that happens sometimes where 
you may be very excited about reaching out to someone or sharing something that you care about with them um, and there's just no interest or, or no follow through on their end and you know once you know a key moment for me was when it clicked that you know that you know every no that you get you're just closer to another yes and that everyone is called to connect with their purpose or their cause uh, when it's their time uh, so you can't be forceful of it so you kind of got to respect that and you know just kind of keep it in the back of your mind and it's not that you take that person and say i'm never going to talk to them ever again it just wasn't the right timing and there may be another opportunity in the future to cross paths with them fuck that we should never talk to them again bro we should i i almost wish i could out everybody dude because i got i listen now when that happens to you danny is that because let's say you reach out to somebody that's going to be like a donor or something and then they they sell you out and they like pretend like they had amnesia and they never had the conversation with you what rejections have you dealt with yeah i think at different points of my journey of, of our story at blue missions you know early on it was you know i was a teenager when when my sister and i co-founded blue missions so you know it's just that young person they're meeting with you out of respect because you're younger or you know maybe it wasn't the intent wasn't to actually really get involved with the organization um, as you go on and you start growing uh, then yeah, maybe it is about specific donors and and just people who don't feel a connection to your cause. They might say, hey, there's you know a lot of work that needs to be done in our backyard for whatever reason that they don't feel that connection to the cause. You know, it's just uh, people live bu busy lives, right? And they can only give so much energy in so many directions. And when it's your business or your baby or, or you that's getting denied or, or you know being ditched or you know not having the people follow through. You take that personally because you feel personal connection to that cause but you got to realize that those people have their things that they're dealing with and their priorities and just because this is such a central focus of your life and what you're passionate about doesn't mean that others are going to initially feel that way you have to bring them to that um, by connecting them with the cause danny do you find a lot of people lie to you i don't think so i mean i, I think maybe they do but i think my you know, the way I'm configured, you know, I like to try to see the best in people, you know, and I, and I don't go into things with a cynical approach. Um, have people lied to me? I'm sure people have lied to me, but you know, it's, for me, it's about speaking my truth and, and being able to share that with other people and, and hope that it resonates with them. And if they lie to me to not, you know, have a second meeting or a third meeting or for whatever reason, you know, get more involved with the cause, then, you know, that's, they have other stuff going on and that's mentally how I deal with it to, to not get bogged down by it and, and continue to stay motivated. Dude, for me, it's interesting because doing what I do, the people that, that lie to me now, when I started, it was friends of mine, which just lied to me. They put me down like, oh, this guy's an idiot recording himself. Why is he, why is he broadcasting the Columbus baseball games as a high school game? This guy's stupid. Why would I vlog on a baseball field? Then it became strangers. Then as my profile grew a little higher, then it became famous people that could literally do, they could change their life. And they'd be like, oh man, you'd be great at this. I'm going to do it, bro. And then it's like, they got amnesia and they never even like talked to me about it. It's just that crazy. And to me, listen, I love it because it adds to the story. I never get upset. Obviously, I wish at some point I could just go, and, I, and the, the beauty of this is, I record like 80% of my stuff. 
So I got people on literally on record saying something and then they never come through. But we got them on record though. Danny, you were born in the Dominican or here in Miami? I was born in Miami. Um, I was born uh, here, born and raised, went to school here, went to college here. Uh, so I'm all about Miami. I, I love this community. My parents, uh, my mom is a Cuban immigrant um, and my four grandparents are Cuban immigrants. So it's a, it's a common story here in Miami, uh, raised in, in this hodgepodge of culture that we have down here. So nothing with the, no family in the Dominican. No bloodlines in the Dominican Republic. Got it, got um, it, got I it. feel connected with the Dominican Republic in a way that is deeper than blood. Is that because I was born in Cuba? Is that because Cuba is landscape-wise, the Dominican Republic is very similar to Cuba? Is that why the connection? I think so. And I think parts of the culture, you know, that, that Caribeño culture, uh, there's something about it. Um, I know when I started going on these trips, uh, my first trip was when I was 16. And when I came back home and my grandparents saw the photos, you know, that's all they said. You know, that's wow. That's exactly how we grew up in Cuba. Right. You know, how, how it reminded them a lot of, of their communities. Bro, how was how was how important was Columbus to you, man? I think to me, it's more important to go to Columbus, I think, than to go to college, bro. Because the brotherhood there and stuff like that is insane, man. How important was Columbus to you? Oh, Columbus says, you know, if, if it wasn't for Columbus, you know, we wouldn't be on this call right now. You know, this is a testament to, you know, the brotherhood and you as an honorary Columbus guy because I know uh, I know that you're... I'm a fake, bro. I'm un forro. In Spanish, in Spanish it's called un forro, but I, <laughs> I, I hustled my way in there, bro. I had to. Yeah, you know, Columbus was... It's crazy because they... they from day one, they preach to you about this brotherhood, right? And when, and when you're a teenager, when you're 14, 15, 16, 17, going through, you know, your four years at Columbus, that you hear it and, and you get it because you see the alumni coming back and all that, but it doesn't really hit you until you're out of Columbus. And then you start getting back involved with them. And, and you understand now, you know, the roles that we as alumni play uh, to the current students and to the students that have graduated after us. You know, so I think... I realized that once I was out of college, you know, when I turned 25, I started to get more involved again at Columbus. Um, and Columbus was one of the first believers in Blue Missions, you know, and, and they weren't the first, which I still hold my grudge about. But, um, you know, they, they really got behind us and they helped us take our program, our projects to a different level. As long as Belen wasn't the first, you're good, bro. <laughs> they weren't. <laughs> Dude, I, it's so funny you say that. So I got to speak last year, or this past year, I got to speak to the entire sophomore class, entire freshman class. And what I told them was, what they should have a banner in the gym every single year is of the Columbus Brotherhood, because that thing is winning states every single year, man. And it's, it's so special. What year did you graduate? I graduated in 2008. And um, go ahead. So I'm 97. So that's like 11 years apart there between me and you. When you were there in high school, did you have any idea you'd be doing something like this? No, I had no idea. You know, in fact, the so when I'm 16, as you know, in some of these schools, they require service hours, right? Right. Uh, so I, I had a service hour requirement. Uh, my dad and my sister had gone on this thing called a mission trip. They went to the Dominican Republic with a group called Lifo Missions. Uh, which was actually co-founded 
by a class of 1984 Columbus grad and a class of 1984 Belen grad who, wow. who created this organization to do one water project every year in the Dominican Republic. So I, I tell my dad and my sister, no, I don't want to go. No, I don't want to go. And then it's junior year. It's my last summer before I get a chance, you know, before I need to turn in the service hours. Um, and I tell my dad, you know what, I'll go. And my best friend was on the trip. It was only 12 people traveling. Um, my birthday fell right, you know, in, in the middle of the trip. I'd rather be here at home with my friends celebrating my birthday instead of being in the mountains. Uh, in a rural community, sleeping on a cot, no AC, walking to the river to take a bucket shower um, after a long day's work of swinging picks and shovels, mixing cement. Um, you know, it was everything going into it. I was like, I don't even know why I'm doing this. Um, but, you know, it was that was only like that for a couple of days. You know, the switch quickly flipped and I, and I just, you know, fell in love with the work, fell in love with the people. Um, I couldn't understand how I had never been taught or I didn't even know that people lived without clean water that one in 10 people are waking up every day. And instead of going to school, they're going with their five gallon bucket to the closest water source and going to collect water. And that was just, it blew my mind. And the other thing that was special about this program that I went on was they kept it fun, you know, and I was big on that. Like, you know, service should not be a punishment. It shouldn't be something you have to do when you get arrested. It should be something that you want to do, something that you find purpose in and feel fulfilled in. And that's what this gave me. And, you know, I, I returned back inspired and I wanted to keep going back. So I went back two more times with that organization. What part of the Dominican do you go to? So we work out of Santiago. That's where we have our office down there now, um, the Cibao region. So it's, it's all the mountainous region. It runs east to west, the two mountain ranges. So anywhere from the border with Haiti all the way to the Samana Peninsula. And that, that's kind of like where we started. And as we started to grow and do more work, we started expanding throughout the entire country. Danny, how long have you been doing this? I've been doing this for 10 years. We turned, our 10th birthday was on April, in April. So we're celebrating 10 years. Okay, wow, which is, which is crazy. Yeah. What gave you the motivation to keep doing this? Was, was it seeing the impact you had on the people? Was it being able to help kids get there for a good cause what 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 motivated you to keep doing this it's funny because every trip that i went on i learned something new right and, and i go when i'm 16 i go when i'm 17 i go with when i'm 18 now i'm in college and they needed the organization lifeo had grown i had invited all my friends and family to come on board and they said hey we love you, Danny, but we need spots for new volunteers. You know, you can't come back with us. And it was really a way for the founders to push my sister and I in a direction to create an organization. They said, why don't you guys create an organization and we can help two towns every year instead of one. And, and the founder, Albert Perez, class of 84, you know, he's one of my biggest mentors in my life, you know, because he pushed me to that moment. And I said, yeah, why not? I'm at FIU, we'll fundraise throughout the year, pizza sales, bake sales, garage sales, scrap together some money. And then a group of me and 10 friends are gonna go down in the summer um, to the Dominican Republic to work on, on this amazing project. Oh yeah, and you know we are the adults on the trip, right? So 19 year old college freshman Danny is excited about, hey, we're in a country where there's beaches and this and that. And yeah, it was always about the work, but also the freedom of being in this country you know outside of miami doing this unique thing camping out you know getting to meet new people was very attractive to me so so early on 
you know, the motivations, the, the motives, you know, they change as they go. But I knew that there was a connection there when, when you find purpose and when you find something that you'd love to do. Um, it's a feeling inside that is really hard to explain. But when you when you find it, you know it. And that's what I felt at 19. Nice, bro. Danny, uh, was it just dudes going or was it mixed? It was mixed. It was mixed. That first trip was uh, nine guys, two females. Um, and yeah, we were going to, to just work, work our, our asses off, you know, work as hard as we can for 10 days, you know, to work with the community. And on those first three years of Blue Missions is where that growth comes, right? And where you really start to understand the impact of these projects. What are the systemic issues that lead to these communities not having clean water? You know, and then that's where I realized these people are just like me. You know, this, it's not a stat that I'm reading in my classroom. I'm here in the field. And I just met someone who's a friend of mine by the end of those 10 days that we've played baseball together, played basketball together, dug trenches together. And when I'm going to leave and go back home, get on a plane, and I'm going to go back to my life, and he's going to go back to his. And our opportunities are totally different. So gaining that perspective and, and realizing these people laugh, they cry, they love, they feel the same things as us, but they were just born into a different opportunity that didn't sit well with me, and, and it didn't feel right. And I felt called to do something about it. Nice, bro. Let's talk fundraising, bro. How, do, how does it work? What do you do? How's that process? How was it, let's say, first three years different to compare now? Because, I don't know, are you still doing pizza sales? <laughs> Not as many. <laughs> so, Tom, hit me yeah. with it. So, at the beginning, how was it? So, this was big for us. You know, this was, we wanted to change the way people saw charity, you know, from the get-go. You know, charity has this negative connotation. Where's the money going? Are they spending it right? Uh, you can't trust these organizations. For whatever reason, you know, it had that that connotation. So we said, you know what, we're going to do things a little different. We're going to open up two bank accounts, one for operations and one for donations. And everything that goes into our donation account, every donation that we collect is going to go directly to the field, directly to the projects. And we're going to be able to be 100% transparent, show our donors exactly where their dollars are going. And then the way we were going to fund our operations was through the service trip model, you know, which plays a huge role in our mission, you know, connecting volunteers to purpose. You know, that's just as important as the clean water. And through that model, volunteers pay their own way to travel with us. We make a margin on, on their trip fee. And that margin times X number of participants is our operational budget for the year. And we extrapolate that. We pay for the food you eat at our gala, the, the brochures you read about our organization, the hosting on our website. All of that comes from the operational account. Um, and then every single donation that we collect goes directly to projects. Nice, dude. Yeah. The gala, you have what, a gala once gala a year? Is that how you do it? Yeah, we typically do it Mother's Day weekend. Obviously, this year uh, we had to cancel, um, you know, but that's evolved, right? You know, our first cocktail event in 2011, to, to answer your question, you know, we raised $3,000. You know, we and, and we felt good. We were excited, right? you know, that, that we raised $3,000. And uh, it's crazy the way things evolve and, and the way you gain traction and when you're able to you know, do right by your donors, that they're going to support you even more. When, when you prove the impact and you show them that transparency, you know, a lot more people want to hop on board with you and, and get behind what you're doing. So we've seen a lot of growth in that. Last year's gala brought in uh, over a quarter of a million dollars, you know, so, so it's, nice. it's night and day what, what it was early on. And that's thanks to a, a lot of thanks to the Columbus Brotherhood, a lot of thanks to just our Miami community. 
that steps up and, and supports this cause. That's awesome, man. How many trips a year are you taking to Dominican? So this year we have 44 trips scheduled for the summer, 44 projects. Even uh, with Corona, you're still doing it. We're not, we're not doing all of them, right? We had to cancel our summer projects. You know, we're, it's a tough time, right, to be in the travel sector. Uh, right, right. But, you know, we, we fight, you know. We, but in a normal time, Danny, normal time, let's say no Corona, 44 trips. Yeah, last summer we did 35 projects in between May and August. And you went to every single one of them? Um, I typically spend my summers in, in the Dominican Republic. I'll work out of our office. Um, so you also, you literally move there and then people come to you. Yeah, I move there and then we have amazing interns, right? So so the thing with, with Blue Missions is more than half of the volunteers that travel with us come back on a second trip. And then after they come back a few times, they want to intern with us once they get to college. And now those college kids are leading the high school students and they're walking them through that same journey that they were on three years before. And those interns will spend, you know, 12 weeks or six weeks. There's different internships that, that we offer and they spend those summers with us and they literally go work for eight days. They come back to our office. They do their laundry get you know rest and relaxation for two days and then another group is showing up at the airport and you're going to that next community that needs clean water and you're doing it all over again danny how long how long are you guys in the field bro how long is the day like a typical work yeah like? yeah yeah so a, a typical work day starts really early one of our big sayings on the trips are, are live in the moment you know we we don't answer anyone's questions when they ask you what are you having for lunch what what time is it when are we doing this what are we doing you know we try to let them be present in the entire experience but a typical work day is you know you're out working by 8 a.m you're working until noon uh, then you have lunch siesta and then in the afternoon you'll work two to five um five to seven is showers then you got dinner and then you have some sort of reflection or a house visit or some dynamic with the community um, going on at night and the work is you know on day one we hike every single every volunteer hikes to the source you know it's the farthest point in our projects you know so for those who are maybe aren't familiar with blue missions what we do is we build what uh, gravity fed water systems in mountain villages so communities that don't have clean water we find a fresh water source at a higher point than where the homes are in the community and then we build a dam at the source we build a tank somewhere in between where the water gets treatment and then gravity does the rest of the work. We connect PVC pipes and we end up installing a faucet in every single home within the community. Um, and on that first day, you walk all the way to the source carrying pipes. And it's, it's amazing because you have 50 or more people from the community, women, children, men, everyone can carry pipe. You know, so it's the one day of the project where everyone is working. And we walk alongside, we hike the jungle, we go up the river, we cross the river multiple times. And then when you arrive there, it's this sense of gratification. And, you know, it's an example to the students. Hey, this is what these people have to go through if they want clean water. You know, and, and it's a good uh, lesson on day one. Danny, does anybody ever quit on you, bro? The first day they're like, dude, fuck this. I'm not doing this. Uh, <laughs> this is a mission. I'm out of here. <laughs> anybody ever done that? Like ring Man. the bell, ring the bell to quit or something like the Navy SEALs or something. Listen, uh, another lesson we teach is that everyone has a role. You know, not everyone's called to 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 be uh, working physically out there and doing all that. Once you're on the trip, you know, we've never had someone that wanted to leave at any point in the trip and go back home. Uh, have we had people that didn't make it to the source? Yeah. 
because it's physically challenging. And if you don't right. prepare and you're not ready, then uh, if you're not mentally there either, then then you're not going to make it. Has anybody cried? Uh, there's been all for sorts a good of way, tears. for a good way. Yeah, no? yeah, I, yeah, all the time. Yeah, not too many times to, to to even talk about. How awesome is that, man? Danny, now you're with the Corona thing. A lot of it shut down. What are what are you looking at now? Different restrictions, different trips, different people. How do you social distance with uh, carrying pipes? Do they even practice that in the Dominican? What are you looking at there? Yeah, right now we're kind of in a in a flight pattern. We're uh, we're waiting to be able to, you know, we know that we're not going to be able to have our volunteer groups down there this summer or in the, for the foreseeable future. So our main goal right now is to support our staff. You know, we've been able to retain everyone on our team. We have 26 employees in the Dominican Republic. Uh, so, so we've been able to support them. And hopefully um, in the fall, we can get them to go back out to these communities um, and, and start getting some of these projects that we had scheduled this past summer off the ground. You know, these, these are community-led projects, which is important. You know, our team is receiving requests from communities all over the island. And they're soliciting water projects. So we go out and we visit them. Um, if their community ends up getting selected, then there is a six-month training process where we're building a water committee, helping them understand the mechanics of the system. We teach them what happens when someone doesn't pay their water bill. We help them open up a bank account so that they can have their own account and funding and, and so that this can be a self-sustaining project. Uh, the work gets organized. We know what families are going to show up on Monday. We know what families are going to show up on Tuesday to work alongside our volunteers. Uh, we make sure the community knows that this is their project. We're not coming here to give you anything. You know, we want you guys to, to uplift yourselves out of this situation. And we're going to support you. We're going to put a, a good portion of the cost of the project. But they also have to put a, a portion of the project as well, both with their money and, and with their labor. Uh, so it's definitely a, a family environment and, and the community and the volunteers by the end of that trip are just one family. Danny, how is it working with your sister, bro? Well, I don't work with my sister. So my sister went on the first Blue Missions trip ever. And uh, now she's on the board of directors and, and she's a lawyer. She has three kids. You know, oh, she's wow. living her life and, and still supporting the organization. You know, my story, you know, what I most appreciate about Blue Missions is the opportunity it's given me to work with people that I really care about and, and the ability to connect them with purpose as well. You know, and, and I want to I want to take you through a little bit of the story of, of the early years and, and how this all went down, um, because, you know, it's there's there's so much to blue and it's right up your alley. Like, I know, I know it's going to resonate with you a lot, um, but I'll, I'll, I'll tell you, I'm going to start on year three of Blue Missions right now and then feel free to jump in and ask any questions along the Let's way. Go. I'll the mic. No, it's all yours, bro. Year three. Let's do it. All right. So year three, um, I'm graduating from FIU in 2011 uh, in December. Uh, months before, I had already decided I'm moving to the Dominican Republic when I graduate, and I'm going to spend a year over there. I'm going to work with a nonprofit. They have basically verbally committed the job to me. I had a real good friend that, was, that did the interview process. Uh, long story short, there was new leadership. I end up not getting that. You know, so I find it out in November. After all my family and friends, they knew my plans. They knew where I was going. Um, I was at a spot, you know, it was heartbreaking. You know, I was like, what am I going to do next? I'm graduating with a finance degree. That's not really what I want to do right now. I just want to get over there. And, and, you know, things fell my way. Things, 
uh, worked out where I was able to go and, and work with, with an organization down there from January uh, to August. And those six, those eight months, you know, just completely changed my viewpoint. You know, it was the difference between wanting to help out in this cause and realizing that this might be my life's work, that this might be what I was put on this earth to do. And that's what happened in those eight months. And specifically, at um, the eight months ended with the third blue trip. And it was the one where all my boys, all my close friends, the ones that would never do something like this, they find it, the ones that ignored me and said, this is dumb, the first couple of years, they all came along that trip. And for me, that was just such a special experience. It was a small community, 30 families, the poorest town we've, we had ever worked in. Everything, the, the walls and the homes were banana leaves and, and you know, it was just extreme poverty, dirt floors. And on the last day of that trip, uh, there was a young girl in that town uh, and she was the daughter of the main leader in the community. Uh, she worked with us every single day of the trip. We built a bond and, and she stopped me before I got onto the bus. And she said, thank you. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to pursue my dream of becoming a lawyer. At, at the age of 10 years old, she said that. And I, in my head, I was like, this is the type of shit you see in movies. Like, this, right, isn't, right. this isn't how things usually, like, I didn't think this was real, you know, that this could happen in real life. And that sentence that she said to me, resulted in me backing out of a job that I had taken in finance back, you know, to, to come back and, and start working and say, hey, I'm going to work for free for this organization uh, for a year and I'm going to see where it can go. And I'm going to live with mom and dad and they're going to support me. And, you know, thankfully they did. And and, and they, they didn't tell me no. Um, but that was kind of the springboard to, to saying, hey, this is bigger than, than just what we're doing right now. Damn, man, that's awesome. Danny, so this is what you do now? Is this you make a living 100% out of this? Is this what you do? Yeah, yeah, and it, and it wasn't smooth, right? You know, that year was great. You know, we grew from one project to four projects, but it wasn't enough to sustain an employee, right? And then mom and dad are knocking, and they're saying, hey, you have a degree. How long are you going to do this for? We support you. We love what you're doing. Right. But at some point, you got to, you know, enter the, the workforce and, and provide for yourself. Right. So I ended up getting a job with, uh, one of our board members and donors who owns a pipe company. And I was selling pipe throughout all of Latin America. I visited every country in, in South America. Um, wow. And now I was dealing with, I was dealing with municipalities, with governments. I was dealing with 60 inch pipelines as opposed to these very community based projects. And I was seeing all the corruption and how all the money that was being thrown into these projects. And most of the times they didn't even end up working at the end of it because so much was taken off the top. You know, so it just further motivated me, you know, and I love that job. That job allowed me to see the world and, and, and learn so much. Um, but deep down inside, I knew where my calling was and that I wanted to keep growing Blue Missions to the point where I could leave that job and come back to it. So do Blue Mission. Say that again, it cut out. Do you, just Blue Mission. No other job, just Blue Mission. Yeah, right now I'm just doing Blue Mission. And, and the way we get there is... So, so two years into that job, two and a half years, close to three years, I approach my best friend, Richard Sixto. Uh, we, went to, we went to school together since first grade. We went to St. Timothy, and then we went to Columbus together. And he had gone on one of our early trips. Um, at the time, he was working for Indeed.com up in Connecticut. Um, I gave him a call, and I said, hey, if, if I can hire you, are you willing to come back down and, and work for Blue Missions full time? Um, and... 
he said, give me, give me a day to think about it. Um, and he called me back an hour later and said, I'm in. And um, I had the same conversation with Nicole Aguirre, which is maybe why you asked about my sister, um, because they have the same name. Um, but Nicole Aguirre was working out of the conference room at my office as a volunteer. She was a UM student. She was in her senior year, just helping us out. She was one of the key members, our core team members early on. And I told her the same thing. Hey, I'm, I, we, we're ready to hire you. Um, are you willing to accept it? Um, and it was a big jump for her because she studied exercise physiology. You know, she was, she wasn't in, this isn't, wasn't in her plans. Right. And she said, yes. Um, and three months later, I quit my job and the three of us started working uh, out of the third bedroom of my house um, and started to really grow this thing. Dude, that must be challenging, man, because when you do nonprofit, there's always that element of like, like the pastor, you know, that people think is stealing from the church and stuff like that because he starts popping off. If all of a sudden you start rocking some 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 fancy stuff, they're going to be like, this is this Danny stealing from everybody here. This guy's a, is that hard, bro, that you have to kind of like keep a certain profile and a certain look because if not, it doesn't seem authentic? I think it's hard. It's harder now, I would say, just because you care so much about the organization and the people that you're working with and uh, the communities that are benefiting and your staff and your family that you've built in the organization that you don't want to let anyone down. You right. know, so I, I, for me, I'm, I'm a simple guy, right? I, I don't have the, the bells and whistles. You know, I'm not into all that stuff for the most part. Uh, do I like a good Josh's premium meets every now and then? Yeah, who doesn't? But, you know, it's, uh, you know, for me, it's more about making sure I represent the organization at all times. Right. And so you now you live Dominican and here in Miami. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mainly in Miami and, and travel to the Dominican. How do you approach social, bro? How do you think of social media? Are you happy with what you're doing? Do you wish you could do more? Go, go, go with that. Go through me with that because I, I looked at certain stuff. But is there YouTube? Is there this? How do you, what do you feel about how you're doing on social now? I think there's always room for improvement. You know, I, I think there's always opportunities. We're blessed to have an incredible creative director. Her name is uh, Leslie Ramos. She manages all things creative and, and all things that people see of our brand. And, you know, our, our niche and what we do is we storytell, right? Because our cause is not one that's easy to connect with. Right. You know, example, Exhibit A. You know, I traveled to this country for the first time. I had no idea this was going on. If you talk about American Cancer Society or, or so many other causes, everyone has someone that's been affected by cancer. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. Know, so, so what we have to do is create this emotional connection between people that live across an ocean and are dealing with an issue that most people don't even know exists. So what we do is we bring together the stories and bring those emotions uh, to life. And from a social standpoint, you know, I, I think we have a pretty, we built a pretty solid following, a committed fan base. You know, I, I'd rather have a smaller very committed and invested fan base and, and just a, a large number uh, that the people don't engage with you. Um, but yeah, those are things that we're talking about right now, especially with this downtime where we have time to work on our back end um, on how we can reach more people. And, and definitely there's so many opportunities today to, to reach people that, that we got to capitalize, but I'd say Instagram is our main. That's your main uh, thing. Yeah. That's our main thing. Okay. Uh, let me give you, I'm gonna give you a couple of ideas of stuff that just come to me. Are you vlogging at all what you're doing over there? We 
when we're there and doing projects, yeah, we do we do a lot of that. You know, we're able to go live from the campo. We we've, we've uh, no, I'm not talking about live. I'm I'm not talking about live. I'm talking about like literally. Have you done, bro? Like National Geographic style. Like literally, you come out. What's up, guys? Danny here. Okay, day one, the gauntlet day. Today we're hiking fifty miles, and then you talk. Are you doing something like that at all or no? The answer is not enough. Have we done it? Yeah, we've done it. But you, you know better than than most. You know, it takes consistency to to really gain traction. You know, so I'd say that is an area where where we do have room for improvement. Bro, I would do it almost like. Do you remember like the real world or, or road rules? Yeah, of course. I would almost do something like that where you introduce the characters. Hey, this is me, Danny, blah, blah. This is this person. This is that person. They say stories, blah, blah. What music you play, what food you eat, who falls, who doesn't fall, who gets lost. Like I almost do that kind of storyline. And then you put it on a YouTube. Because then what happens is, we take the YouTube, we take bits of the YouTube, and then that becomes our Instagram with yeah. what you're doing now for Instagram already. For sure. And for literally, sure. what that's going to do is it's going to put people and it's going to put parents of the kids that go there to go, wait a minute, that's what that's what Junior's going to do next year. Pablo Promises, socio, no Ajaira, you're not going to Punta Cana, you're going to Blue Promises, you know? I think you should do that, bro. And that doesn't cost anything, bro. It's literally get a camera and just even if you pay a videographer or somebody just to literally hold the camera and all you have to do is document, just talk. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm going to send you some stuff that, that we've done. Uh, fortunately, I know, you know, uh, Omar Delgado. Yes. Um, he was able to send us his kids. They filmed the documentary on, on our program and they. They did a day in the light, you know, they did a week. They were there for two weeks. They saw the before, the during, and the after. And they did a lot of those real world type. Uh, Omar, you know, every trip, bro, listen to me. Every trip, you do that. Power. Every trip, every Power. trip, you do that. Because the problem is, especially with what I've noticed today, there's so much information there that that trip got lost three years ago. And now there might be a new thing. Or a new something that's gonna, man. You know what? They're gonna they're gonna attract people to it. And you guys are young. If you guys get on TikTok and people start doing whatever's the sexy song, the cool song, whether it's I'm a savage, whatever, and you literally dance that in your trails and you tag Blue Mission. Hey, while you guys in the states are spring break, we're here breaking the springs, dude. I'm yeah. telling you, bro. Stuff like that that doesn't cost anything is huge, and you do one of those every single thing. You almost do it like you ever you follow the UFC, yeah. You know, how UFC, how Dana White does fight week, and every fight there's a different number. I think you should start numbering your things, give it a number, whatever. We're let's say we're at 500 something. Example, hey guys, so Danny here, Blue Mission. Series 500 or trip 500 something for our 500 trip. Boom. What did I learn from my last trip? Boom. And then you start getting alumni. Yeah. Videos of calling in and talking because I know how this thing works, bro. The people 
that are involved feel the feel the love you feel the magic of what you're doing everybody's like yeah cool bro see you later Boom. because it gets lost in the world corona riots no riots stimulus check no stimulus check but if you do that and then you do literally you got your stimulus check an example i got my stimulus check guys usually i'd buy some yeezys but now this is gonna buy 14 wells here we go i think that'll be good bro definitely now we'll I, have well that's something that we're excited about you know that with coronavirus and, and all the changes and, you know, the, the chaos that, that right. has been going on for the past uh, four months, it's given us an opportunity to really lock in on ourselves and how can we improve during this time? How can we grow through this and come out on the other side stronger than we were when we went in? And, and things like, like what you just described are the perfect projects to work on during this time because we have the footage, we have the content. It's about cutting it now. It's about going exactly. back to exactly. and putting it to work. You know, so so I'm definitely gonna talk about that with with our team and and see what we can do to get some more of that video content out. I think that'd be great, bro. Daily, daily, daily. Danny, what's your favorite kind of music? Uh, I'm a sucker for R&B, man. I'm a sucker for R&B and and uh, reggaeton. Who's your Who's your favorite R&B? Favorite reggaeton? Who do you like? Well, I'm I'm a big John Legend fan. Try to see him whenever he's in town. Nice. Um, and reggaeton, I like all these guys that are up now. That are the whole crew, huh? You know, Ozuna, Bad Bunny, all, all of these all guys. guys. They're, they're putting us uh, Latinos on the map. They are, bro. Strong, dude. Is that what do you? What kind of music do you play when you're doing your stuff out there? A little bit of everything. We got playlists curated for day one, day two, day three. We wake up really? to music. You know, we we we're big into the music, um, and definitely it's a part of the experience as well. Who put together the playlist? Interns, staff, you know, it's a collection. We have a few, you know, in, in terms of social, Spotify, you know, we, we have our, our playlist that people follow and, and uh, it, it takes them back to a place, you know? It takes them back to, to somewhere where they had a lot of happiness. Danny, have you ever been walking the trail and go, who put this song in this? Have you ever done that? Yeah, yeah. What I is the worst song? song? What is the worst uh, song on the trail that you've heard that you're like, oh, come on. Man, I've been embarrassed by this song many times because I, I listen to these playlists when I'm here, right? If I go to the beach or if I'm in the car, I'll, I'll throw on some of these playlists. And uh, someone added the song Tokyo Drift from like Fast and Furious. I don't know if you know that song. Tokyo Drift. I, I, I don't on, even bro. know the, I can't even. I'm not Hold even on, Let, let's, we're going to look for it. Hold on, dude, don't move. Tokyo. Every it's time. It's, it's called, called Tokyo, Tokyo Drift. Drift. Every time that song comes on, I'm like, this is the one song that, like, if you show this playlist to 10 people, all 10 are going to tell you this song should not be here. Hold on. <laughs> this one? Yeah. <laughs> Wait for it. <laughs> Wait for it. <laughs> it. It has a little catch to it, you know? It has a little... It you does. know, it does. it's not like a mi burrito sabanero or something like that. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Bro, man. do you miss at all? Are you, I'm assuming you're not married. Are you single? Not married, not married and I'm single. Yeah. Must be hard to, to be in a relationship, bro, with the life you're carrying, man, because you're literally, it's, it's, it takes a special dude, bro. You're almost like a missionary, man, because 
there's no, there's a few chicks that are going to be like, yeah, cool, go live uh, three months in Dominican, and then I'm going to wait for you and then come back, especially in Miami. So how do you deal with that, bro? 100%. 100%. And, and um, I've, been, I've been in a couple of relationships, and it's, that's definitely the biggest challenge, you know, that you know that every year you're going to be gone for four months. And, and, you know, I would go into relationships, you know, being pretty clear about it. You know, hey, right. Blue Missions is my number one. And that doesn't work in relationships, you know, and that's something that you learn as you grow. I, th I think uh, I think now I'm probably in a better place to be able to, you know, you got to give things the attention that it deserves. You can't do a bunch of things and, and do them half assed You got You got to be able to invest in what you really want. And that's something that I was trying to balance. I was trying to walk that line. And, uh, you know, I think I realize that now where, you know, it's not fair to someone to to put on those expectations and, and to to have those requirements. You know, you want to find someone that you can do this with and that you can share that with. So, or you have a chick in the Dominican and a chick here in Miami. You know, you just switch it up and go, "Hey, listen, <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna go on airplane mode on my phone with you for three months. I'll catch you uh, one of these uh, <laughs> trips, bro. Your crew, your friends, right? Let's say your group of friends. Yeah. How hard is it, man? Because just like in relationships, they're probably not doing what you're doing. They're all, because what are you, like 33, 34? I'm 29 until Thursday. Oh, my God. So my math is completely wrong with things. So you're still in your 20s, bro. You got dudes that are just having fun, whatever, or reverse, that got married young and have families and stuff like that, bro. Do you ever yeah. feel like you're missing out? The truth, early on I did, the truth. Yeah. Early on, I did a little bit, but but once I, I do what I love every single day, I wake up and it doesn't feel like work. I work with my best friends. A few months ago, I was able to get my dad to quit his corporate America job after 30 years to come work with us. You know, like I, I live in the dream, you know, and I think nice. my friends look at the, the lifestyle that, that you know, and, and the mission that, that I've been able to build together with this team and you know, I think they appreciate it. Um, and, and I think more than anything, what I just want to show to them or live to them is that you can do anything you want and, and you can find purpose. You know, our, my message to everyone, like my personal life mission, apart from Blue Missions, is that you have to find what your purpose is. And life, life is too short. You know, if you're lucky, you get 80 years, 100 years, what's your legacy going to be? What's your impact going to be? What do you love to do? Figure that out first. And then figure out how you can use that unique thing that you like to do to give back. Whether you're a graphic designer and you do a logo for a nonprofit for free when they approach you, or you're a CEO and you cut a $500,000 check to an organization that you believe in. Everyone has a role in that ecosystem of giving. It's about finding that role. And it's not going to just smack you in the face right. you know, unless you're very lucky. You have to right. go after it and you have to find it and you have to actively search for that purpose. And that, that's my message to everyone. You, know, you can have that. You, know, you just got to go for it. That's good, bro. That's good. How's your relationship with your dad, bro? Growing up, are you guys similar personalities? Are you more like your mom? Um, I'm, I have a little bit of both of them in me. You know, I have a great relationship with my dad. Um, you know, he was, you know, he traveled a lot when I was young. He was actually in the Dominican Republic the day I was born. Um, you know, so no foreshadowing. He was doing work down there and, and uh, I was being born here in Miami. What type of work and, did he uh, do? He sells construction equipment or sold construction equipment, air okay. compressors uh, throughout all of Latin America as well. 
Um, you know, so he was always on the road and, and both of my parents always worked real hard. My mom is uh, the CEO of a school down here in, in Miami. And uh, what school? Which you know, school? Miami Media School. OK, um, it's an it's a national school um, and they have campuses throughout the U.S. Uh, down here. It's called Miami Media School. So she's very business savvy. She's very cutthroat nice. at times. Um, so I get a lot of that from her. But, you know, my dad is a communicator. My dad connects with people. My dad knows how to how to, you know, make people feel like they're the most important person in the room. And not because he's trying to do that, just because that's how he is. And, um, you know, I get I get a little bit of that from him and, you know, just combining that. And my dad was always, you know, a basketball coach of mine growing up in youth leagues. You know, he was around, you know, so, you know, I'm very grateful for that. And, and the thing I'm most grateful for is that they never told me no. You know, when I came to them with these crazy ideas, um, you know, that's the thing I'm most thankful for, because some, a lot of times parents will guide their kids and say, you need to be a doctor, you need to be a lawyer, you need to do this, or you need to do that. And thankfully, that wasn't the case for me. You know, they had this crazy dream and they said, you know what, Danny, go for it. You know, you're doing good. Why not? And uh, held me in check also when I needed to be held in check as well. That's awesome, bro. Danny, how do people donate, bro? What what where the link? What do they do? What's the process? If you're listening to this right now and you want to help someone get clean water, the easiest way you can donate is to Venmo Blue Missions. Uh, you Venmo Blue Missions, $25. Uh, that's the cost for one person to get connected to clean water. When you back out all our numbers, you know, for something so simple, you're able to get someone access to clean water for just $25. You know, so if you feel, you know, connection to this cause, to bringing clean water to those who most need it, you know, Venmo Blue Missions, go check us out on our website, bluemissions.org. You can donate on there as well. Um, and yeah, just just follow us on all platforms and, and you'll be connected with what we got going on. Danny, the $25 gives them water for how much? For how long? So the $25 gets them access to the clean water. Um, but because of the way that we train these water committees, um, they then pay a monthly water bill. Uh, right. That monthly water bill is $2 a month, you know, on a when it's expensive. Sometimes it's a dollar, sometimes it's $3. You know, that's kind of the range per Got month. Um, so we don't say it's water for life because there's maintenance, you know, yeah, everyone yeah. deserves access to water, but you have to maintain the systems that bring you that water. Nice, bro. Danny, any question for me, bro? Anything I help you with? Yeah. Um, you know, I've, I listened to a couple of your podcasts in the last week and, you know, it seems like you've had this, this journey, right? You know, it's not smooth sailings. You know, how is it that like what, what advice do you give to the youth, you know, when they hit that roadblock, you know, what are the, what are the tools that you would go to or that you have gone to in, in the past to be able to get past that? Okay. The two things we can control in life is what I always start with. Doesn't matter what you look like. Doesn't matter where you were born. Doesn't matter if you went to an awesome school like Columbus or a not so awesome school like Braddock, like I went to, bro. The only thing that matters is your effort and your attitude. That's the only thing you can control. If I go with the best intentions to Blue Mission and something doesn't go the way I like, I can't control that it rained when we were there. I can't control that it was super hot. I can't control that, so I can't complain about that. So what I tell people that are in search of their dreams or looking to grow their dreams 
or looking just for pure happiness, looking for love, looking for anything is effort and attitude. And then the third one that I added was expectation. Relax with expectations, manage them so you don't get overexcited when you crush it. And then you don't get super, super, super low when Corona hits or when something bad happens. Just stay even keel and enjoy the journey. Enjoy the journey. Compare yourself to no one. Compare. You might now go, man, uh, I want to be like Pencils of Promises, example, because it sounds like that's you guys are very similar. But you're on a different path. There's different things. There's different that. So the number one thing I tell people is that, bro, compare yourself to nobody. Be patient. Effort and attitude. As long as you're giving your best effort, your best attitude. I mean, come on, man. You can't. You cannot be an unhappy person doing what you're doing now, unless you get caught up in a situation where you you don't, you don't communicate with yourself. Because if you don't communicate with yourself first. You're not going to be a good leader. So that's that's my thing, bro. I like it. Listen, I man. Like it. Anything I can do to help, um, whether it's speak at any of your events, help promote whatever you need, I'm going to do it for free. You count me in, and Appreciate I'll come that. out. I'll do whatever. We'll talk wherever you want me to talk to. Whatever you need, you let me know. And I got you, bro. We'll get something going. You know, I think uh, our youth is the answer, right? You know, they're the future. And and we need people to inspire that youth. And uh, that's why I respect so much what you're doing. Um, you know, people need to hear what you're saying. So keep it up. Boom. There was our episode with Danny. Great dude. Great cause. Thank you guys again for sticking with me, for listening all the way through. Let's have a good day. Let's continue to live, to live another day. Crazy times, but one thing we can control forever, the two things we control, effort and attitude. It's your coach. Love you guys. See you soon. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.